Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Surewinder. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about uh, and I had to try. So I ordered a few and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace and it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the all brace and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're gonna wanna check it out at all-brace.com. They gon' know me as legendary. You in the stands, I ain't need no commentary. If you the competition, you gon' get buried. I don't cheat on the game, we gettin' married. They gon' know me as legendary. You in the stands, I ain't need no commentary. Ain't no option, ain't no secondary. I just throw it out like a Hail Mary. Hey guys, uh, welcome to Torsion Talk. Again, this is your host, Ryan Lucia. Lucia. And today, we have uh, Tamara on again. Season six, Tamara's like the co-host. Um, I need to have Greg on again as a co-host too. Can we have multiple co-hosts? For sure. Okay. So we'll do, we get Greg on. He's busy running a company. So uh, we got to figure out how to make that work. Uh, today's guest on the show, uh, he's been with us before. And staying along the same theme, I was telling him about our theme for season six, about like company culture, employees, um, just a whole like uh, hiring, firing, everything. We were kind of talking about season six. We were talking about renewing his sponsorship with the podcast. And he's like, man, I got a bunch of stuff to say about like recruiting and uh, employees and culture and all these things. And we've had some great conversations over the years. So I thought, you know what? This will be great because... This guy has been around the block. He's seen a bunch of different dealers. Uh, he's owned a dealer before, and he works for uh, this huge company uh, that is uh, is gaining traction in the American market. Uh, say hello, Mr. Uh, Somer. I will just call you Mr. Somer today. Hey, how's it going? Going well. How are you, bro? Doing great. So... Many of you guys recognize his voice. Uh, this dude probably, I think, are you, do you get asked to speak at events? I haven't, no. Oh, wait, no. Not unsponsored. So I'm, I'm, I'm having, like, I'm having heartburn because I'm talking to, like, people in the industry that I feel like put out really good content and know really good stuff um, about the industry. And uh, no one's been asked to speak at IDA yet. Um, we just talked to Joseph, and he was in conversation with him. But they haven't reached out to me. They haven't reached out to you, which I think they should reach out to you. I think you're, you're full of great information and helpful for the industry. Uh, Tommy Mello hasn't heard from him. I'm thinking, dang, man, I feel like they're missing the boat. Yeah, uh, I know that for like for like, uh, next year, all the speakers are basically just, or most of them are just carryovers from what was already planned for this year, which is, you know, a couple of years old. So definitely a time lag there. Hopefully the information's not a couple of years old too. <laughs> Hopefully not. They don't want to have me on because I'll be talking about the metaverse. <laughs> I dropped the metaverse at, uh, do you know what the metaverse is, Roman? Yep. Just a few ads. Have you been in the metaverse yet? Nope. No? Okay. Uh, well, I'm actually land shopping. Uh, Decentraland, uh, which is a metaverse. Um, I, I visited a couple times. It's, it's very interesting. Um, 
I, I was hanging out at a casino table the other day, chatting it up with some folks. Um, it's very, very interesting. I, I think I'm going to buy some land and launch a garage door company in Decentraland. It's going to be the funniest thing ever, but it'll get us like plenty of publicity. Um, I think we'll get a lot of articles written about us. Everybody's gonna be like, what the heck is this guy doing? <laughs> anyway, so not to get too far off topic. I know you guys are tired of me talking about crypto and, and uh, metaverses, but I'm totally fascinated. Um, if, if my body gives out, I feel like you could take my brain and put it in a tube and stick me in a metaverse, give me a body, and I could just continue living. I believe that's going to be the future. Oh, Am I too far out there? Okay, we'll reel it back start, in. All right. We'll start calling no. you Krang, Krang from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. See, see when I'm talking to my about, tech friends, they're like, yeah, dude, this is awesome. And then like, when I say stuff about this, the garage door guys are like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, although, to be fair, C.S. Lewis was about 70 years ahead of you, but it wasn't pretty when he did it. Did what? What did he do? The 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 brain uh, detached from the body, yeah, and controlling this whole kind of metaverse. It was really. He did it? No, he he wrote about it. You know, he's a writer. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know he's an author. Um, but the idea, the idea, yeah, um, it's a book called Out of the Silent Planet, and it's not pretty. Huh? <laughs> Sorry, cool. not Out of the Silent Planet. It's. Um, it's the last in that series. That's the first one. I don't remember the name of the book. You recently had a baby. Yes. Uh, almost two weeks old. Thank you. She's uh, she's gorgeous, and I'm having a lot of fun. She's she's easy. We've been getting good sleep, um, and she's the wow. cutest thing ever. I'm not How the only one to say that. Did you have to bribe God to get that? <laughs> um, I, you know, I think most of that credit goes to my wife. Yeah. Good job. We'll cut this up and send it to her. Uh, so what's your daughter's name? Her name is Gladys Daya. Okay. Why'd you choose Gladys? So she's named Gladys for Gladys Aylward, um, who was uh, a missionary to China and one who, who pulled off some maz- amazing escapades when the Japanese were invading China. She took like 100 plus kids over three mountain ranges over the period of like a week basically by herself with help from one crippled British officer or something like that. One of the most insane uh, journeys. So yeah, so we named her Gladys after Gladys Elwood. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, So I love naming people after people from the past who lived courageous, like heroic lives. I think that's awesome. I mean, that lady's legacy is living on now, right? I mean, it probably lived on without your daughter being named after her, but it definitely helps. Yep. That story lives on through your daughter now. For sure. Very cool, man. Well, congratulations. She is beautiful. I saw pictures. Um, And uh, I wanted to uh, chat with you based on our conversation, like I mentioned earlier, about like employees um, just – I really just wanted this to be conversational and just uh, from your experience, um, you know, the industry's really struggling finding good people. Um, you know, I, I think Aaron overhead doors is starting to figure it out. We've really focused on bringing people from outside the industry and training them up, uh, hiring strictly on culture first and then uh, going from there. And, you know, if you guys read the book, uh, The Energy Bus, have you read the book Energy Bus? I have not. Tamara? You did? Yes, I did. What'd you think? I, re- I thought it was amazing. And I also read The Energy Bus for Kids, which Greg uh, gifted to me uh, to bear it. So. Yeah, it's great. I read that yeah. to my kids. Um, so I would definitely recommend Roman getting it for your kids, uh, Energy Bus for Kids, because it talks about like, it's all like the energy bus, the book, not to give it too far away, but it talks about um, how this guy, like it kind of starts out in the morning and uh, he's getting ready to go to work. And, um, you know, he walks out and his tires flat or whatever. Something's wrong with his car. He 
he can't drive to work and he's got important meetings. So he goes inside, tells his wife he needs to take the van. She's like, no, you can't take the van. I got to take the kids to school. And he gets frustrated with her and then starts like, you know, whatever. And she's like, just go, you know, take public transit. And so he's all frustrated and pissed off about that. And so he goes and, and gets on the bus and uh, the bus driver happens to be a lady named Joy. And Joy is uh, the perfect name for her, honestly, but she's got rules to the bus and everybody on the bus is kind of like regulars and they, uh, they, they help him. They help teach him the rules uh, why his car's in the shop. And, and the crazy thing about it is, uh, you know, he saw the negative in the whole thing. Right. Uh, but the positives were uh, when they had the car in the shop, they found out that the brakes were bad and that he could have likely been in a really bad accident had it not come in right when it needed to. Uh, he still didn't see the positive. He was still angry that it was going to take another week or two where he was going to have to ride public transit. Well, while he was in that stuck phase of having to ride public transit, they, they finally got through to him uh, with, uh, you know, uh, the energy bus. And, um, you know, you can read the book for the details on that, but they genuinely like, talk like talk him into uh buying into the system and he goes into work one day and tries to implement the system and he gets like a mass walkout of all his employees he's got this huge project that he's got to do and uh eventually he gets the people on the bus that need to be on the bus and the people off the bus that need to be off the bus and that's really like i i visualize that when i'm running my companies is who needs to be on and who needs to be off or who wants to be on and off um and if you don't, if you don't feel like people are on the bus, uh, you let them go. And, um, and, and if people want to be on the bus, they're going to prove it. They're, they're going to want to be there. They're going to make it known. They like being on the bus um, and, and they're going to be positive. And then they, there's a little bit of talk about how, when you meet people, there's two different types of uh, reactions. You have like a positive reaction where you walk away from somebody and you feel good about yourself. And then you have a negative reaction where, there's people that just suck energy out of you. Right. And so um, I think he calls them energy vampires, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so uh, the, the power of positivity energy. Um, I, I love that book because honestly, I will fall into traps a couple of times a year where I just get like, um, I wouldn't say overwhelmed, but just like defeated sometimes with everything. Uh, when I have like a million tasks to do, I get a little bit um, overwhelmed then and probably just because I like to stay in the creative mindset. So all that being said, uh, it was a good book. I, you don't have to read it now because I just gave it to you. Um, but they <laughs> have real, the, though. It sounds great for kids. Yeah, they it's have really a kid's cute. version. The kid's book is really cute. Yeah. Yeah. The, what was the, the twist to the kid's book was just it was a school bus instead. And it was. Yeah. Boys. And a little boy. Yeah. Yeah. So very similar themes. So Roman, I know uh, Somer's like a freaking ginormous company, right? Like you guys are absolutely huge. I know many of our listeners probably don't really understand just how big you guys are. Um, the U.S. division is probably your smallest U.S. opener division might be one of your smaller deals, but you guys have like, uh, I think 20 different um, locations and you guys offer your products in like a hundred different companies or countries. Um, so, I mean, the thing that I'm trying to promote right now is that you don't have to have all your staff located in one central location. Um, it's 10 times more complicated for you guys, I'd imagine, because you got people in different time zones and things like that. Can you talk to me a little bit about things you guys use to communicate internally uh, to keep that connection with people from all the different uh, locations and, you know, how often you guys have meetings and how y'all build the culture? And then we can kind of shift to like dealers and your experience there, too. Yeah, so so I think like backing up from that a little bit, um, one of the things that I like about Summer, the company, is the culture, especially at our corporate office in Germany. And I think I like I don't understand everything that's gone into making the culture the way it is, but it's really really solid and good. And you, like you walk through the offices and talk to people, and it's just obvious that people you know enjoy being there. Uh, Germans look at 
and I think Europeans look at the work-life balance a little bit differently than we do and, and definitely differently than I do. So I'm sure that's part of it. But also, you know, it's not uncommon for our CEO to come into the office and pretty much invariably every morning he spends some time going to people's offices and just talking to them. How are your kids? I remember your son had, you know, uh, a fever the other day. Is he better? You know, like, like he knows his people. And so that that's a really strong culture. Part of it is the internship, internship program we have where um, we bring in people from a local college in uh, Stuttgart or Kirchheim. I'm not sure exactly where it is. Um, to do a two-year internship program. Part of the program is that Summer then pays for their tuition during those two years. They're paid a low salary, but during their time there, they rotate through every office or through every department in the company. So by the time they finish their two-year internship, they, they really know and understand uh, the company and they appreciate how all the facets of it work together to make the whole successful. And we have a really good retention rate with those um, uh, with those interns, basically it's like one of our best recruitment platforms. And you'll see on social media, if you follow Summer Germany, um, like them bragging about the interns that we get to keep this year and you know that kind of thing, it's pretty cool. Um, so I think going beyond that though, to the subsidiaries, we have uh, I think around 23, 24 subsidiaries in different countries. So, you know, it becomes more challenging to extend that culture to the subsidiaries. And that's something I'm like conscious of, not always sure how to implement, because when you go from having 40 or 50 people in an office to having, you know, five or six, um, it, it definitely changes the dynamic a bit. Um, but it's something that we work on. One of the tools that Summer has given us is we actually have our own internal social media platform. Um, so we do, do you build it custom or are you using a third party platform? Um, I'm pretty sure it was built custom, but I don't know that. Okay. 100%. I just got an invitation one day and jumped on and it's where we do, <clears throat> excuse me. It's where we do a lot of like technical sharing happens there. So like if there's any memos about product that's first released there, we get daily updates from our stream. Um, we're part of different groups. So like um, specific to whatever we're doing or the projects we're involved in, we're part of uh, groups for that. Um, so it's definitely a powerful tool. It helps us stay connected and people are commenting, you know, um, you'll see people commenting on there about uh, like talking to each other basically. So I, uh, I want to stay right here for just a second because the value of what you're talking about is so big, um, especially in home services. And, and, and I think it's big for you too, right? Because you guys have people in every different time zone. You got them all spread all over the world. Uh, but we have guys in trucks. We got guys in garages. We got different offices. We got people spread out everywhere. I got Tamara in Texas, you know, what, and, and the biggest issue I always had was there would be like, we, even when we implemented our morning meetings, there'd be things I'd forget to say, or maybe I just feel like inspired while I'm using the bathroom and I want to shoot out like an inspirational message to our whole staff, right? Quit laughing, Tamara, you know what happens. <laughs> um, so I get really inspired in the bathroom a lot. So I'm like, man, this is freaking great. This is like, or I'll be watching like a really inspirational video and I'll be like, oh, this is awesome. I need to share this with my crew. Um, it's cool to be able to just fire that out. Right. Um, and then everybody be like, oh, oh, that's awesome. Love it. You know? And then when we get good reviews, we post the reviews in there and, and right now we're using, and there's so many different options, different platforms, but we use an app called team reach. Um, and, and interestingly enough, like I love it when my employees come up with really good ideas. Uh, using this app was an employee's um, suggestion that uh, he used to work at Quick Trip and they used this app to talk to their team. Um, there's some features I would like to add to it, but the fact that it's so simple and there is limited things that you can do with it almost makes it even better, right? Um, so, I love team reach. Um, I know there's like uh, Facebook workplaces or something like that. Um, but not everybody's on Facebook. So I try to be respectful, respectful of that. 
Um, sorry, it's meta now. Ding. See that? See what I did there? Um, so meta workplaces. Um, so anyway, I, I feel like that constant communication and engagement is uh, so beneficial and helpful uh, to the whole team. And it makes me feel better knowing that my team's helping each other out because like somebody will be at a job, take a picture of something and send it in. And everybody's like, wow, look at that. That's, you know, that's crazy. Or, hey, uh, how do I fix this? You know, and, and then you know, it notifies everybody at the same time. You got two or three people jumping in with suggestions. Uh, it's kind of like the power of a Facebook group, but internally. And I, I just, I feel like it brings us together more um, because you can go days without talking to each other um, yeah. in some cases. So uh, without that communication, I feel like there's distance between management and the them and the office and the, the field staff. And so I just feel like it's awesome. Uh, celebrate reviews, celebrate wins, big closes, uh, birthdays, you know, whatever. Yeah, we used to, so we used to use uh, Google Hangouts for communication like that in the office here at Summer USA. But then about a year ago, we uh, all all of our email all of our emails got switched to being run through Microsoft, and so everybody got a Microsoft Teams account. So we use Teams a lot for like personal chatting with. I mean, uh, guys in Netherlands, guys in China, guys in, you know, Mexico, wherever. Um, so that's kind of our personal hangout space. And I think you, there's always a surge. So we have yearly sales meetings where we bring in like 40 or 50 guys, maybe more from all over the world to Germany. And of course, we had about three of those that were virtual and they sucked compared to the in-person ones. Yeah. But every time after you go to one of those, like, you know, you'll find yourself messaging guys that you met there for sometimes two or three months pretty regularly just because there's a connection. And there's so much to learn from each other. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. For sure. So, so staying connected, the culture, the, uh, the recruiting, um, anything else you want to hit on for like culture and recruiting? I like the idea of doing um, internship. I, I wonder how, it, that's significantly more difficult, I think, for a small business like mine, uh, doing like an internship program where somebody can come in and spend, you know, a year or two and, you know, get a career out of it. But um, what, like, how do we, how do we take, because it's successful at your level, how do we take something like that and, that's similar and implement it in the garage door industry for small companies? Yeah, I've asked that. My, I've asked that myself. So, so one of the reasons that's so successful is because most degree programs in Germany are are kind of set up to be that way. So you have like two years of school and then two years of, uh, of hybrid school and work. And the primary benefit during the hybrid school and work, or, or the primary payout during hybrid school and work, is really in benefits, because we're paying for tuition, we're taking care of them. Um, you, you know, really basically taking care of a lot of the things they need during their last two years in school. So I don't know exactly how that would be implemented in the U.S., um, but I think there's some comeback of apprenticeships. I think maybe apprenticeships need to focus more on uh, benefits and less on, you know, a, a high upfront pay package. Mm -hmm. And I think that from what I hear people say about what millennials want, I think that would actually fit with, because millennials tend to be, tend to want less stress. They're fine with less pay as long as the benefits are good. I agree with that. They want a good company culture. They yeah. like consistency in hours, which is very hard for us to create. In the um, service industry, for sure. In the service industry. So, um, you know, these old school dudes that are like, you know, in their mid to late fifties, um, they've worked 60 hour weeks their entire life. And that's just part of it. You know, um, I think that's just kind of how it was. And, and the kids these days, they're like, nah, I'm good. Like I want to work 30 or 40, make a good enough living and have the benefits. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think if you, uh, adapt, uh, in a good way, 
and attract the top talent in that category, then I, I think it's fine. Like, I don't have a problem having three 30 hour guys and putting a rotation in. It's no big deal for me. Right. It's not definitely not a wrong way to do it. I think the challenge comes in when you have both kinds of employees in your office and, and getting them to allow each other to have, you know, whatever they consider important can be really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think that um, more dealers are going to have to get more flexible with hours uh, and scheduling. So one of the employees that we had um, that left. um, uh, Yeah. He's a jerk and uh, whatever, but he did leave some good feedback for me. And um, he, he, uh, one of the things that he gave me when he left that we ended up implementing was like a, uh, a six day on uh, three day off. Like, so one week you work six days. Well, you know, um, so we have a rotation, but the week, the week after you work six days, you work four days. So you'll work Monday through Saturday one week. And the very next week you work Monday through Thursday and you get that Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Um, what's cool about that is, is then if you wanted to use vacation time, you're using less vacation time during the, those weeks, if you plan it accordingly. Um, and then also you could take more long weekends by taking off that next Monday, leave out on Thursday, you know, evening and take a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday vacation. Um, so there's a lot that you can do with that. And all you're doing is trading, you know, one extra day, but it gives you a lot of flexibility. Right. I think in the car industry, that's how we did it. Right. I mean, well, kind of some dealerships just worked everybody because we were on commission seven days a week. But then there were other companies that are like, Hey, you know, we got enough guys to do a rotation. And, uh, and that was nice. And what you ended up finding was if you, if you offered them like 30 hours a week, most guys were staying 40 or 45 because they were commission-based. And they wanted to make more money, but they have the option to take off. And then I was talking to, uh, you know, Zappos, they have like, there is no limit. You can take as much time as you want. Um, I don't know if all that's paid, but they literally have unlimited time off. A lot of tech companies do that. Um, So I don't know how that works. I think inherently they're playing against like, uh, human motivations uh but like at what point do you like fire someone because they took like six months off right you know what i mean like i think the the goal is they still have to get the the goals and the the lines met. Yeah, yeah yeah but if you're ahead and you're reaching all your goals uh see ya yeah right so i don't think that's too difficult for us to do here um, for garage door companies, you might have to staff more, but I mean, when you get like, when you're talking about flexibility, you know, the, the, the odd thing is like these older guys, like I got Joe who puts like subwoofers in his truck and like builds it out to his liking and washes it like every other day. And it's spotless all the time. You know, I I can't afford to, buy a truck for every 30 hour employee that I, you know, and overstaff it. So what we'd have to do is rotate trucks. Right. Um, And then you have inventory issues and then you have like Joe having a heart attack when he gets in his truck and there's like food in the floor. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like there's definitely some challenges there, but I think there's also like, if you, if you look deep enough, you could probably find some solutions too. Consistency in everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer is not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about. They're in over 100 countries and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out. 
like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. I'm going to tell you guys a marketing secret. You want to gain more social media likes, shares, and follows? People love unique and cool projects. There are no better photos to share than the ones on Schweiss Doors social accounts. These guys post some incredible things. Make sure to go there and like and share their Facebook and Instagram post with your business account. So if you like their business account, you can share their uh, their post. The Bifold Doors are awesome, and they're doing some great projects that will go viral on social media if you share them. Go right now to Schweiss Door on Facebook and check out some of the projects they share and like their page. Oh, and don't forget, no one builds a better Bifold than Schweiss. Yeah, good. And I just listened to your uh, a couple days ago. Listened to your episode with Al. Is his net last name Levi or Levy? I don't know how you Levy. Levi. Levy. 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 Yeah. yeah. So wrong on both counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what a fantastic! Like I, I really, really enjoyed that. And we've been like just on a personal level, been implementing a lot more processes. You talked about being overwhelmed with tasks. I tend to be that way too. But like I've discovered some secrets that really have helped me and just because I personally like to fly by the seat of my pants and I've discovered that simply by being organized which I don't like doing but by taking time to organize I enjoy my work a lot more than I used to um so but but beyond that definitely putting processes in place to make sure people are not frustrated with each other um and then I was thinking but like attitude there are some things that can't simply be fixed by processes um, and you True. have to hire around them, you know, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to be able to be flexible, be enough of a psychologist to figure out what appeals to each employee, what's important to each employee and figure out a way to give them that without stepping on other people's toes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you also have to set the standard that the, we're not here to be fair. We're here to be individually like focused. So if, someone else has a deal with us and you haven't put one in place yet for things that are important to you. Don't come to me complaining because so-and-so took time off, right? Come to me and be like, Hey, uh, I saw that so-and-so is taking time off. Um, is that something that's available to me too? Yeah, absolutely. What do I need to do to get it? Right. Right. And I think like uh, the days of having like one comp plan for your whole team and one package for everybody, I think those are over. Like, I, I, and, and, and that's the advantage that I think a lot of small businesses have that we can do that. And I think there's a, thi- uh, there's definitely a fine line. Like you have to be careful. I know when I worked in software, uh, one of the conversations we had, we had an employee that was really good. We were trying to recruit and bring on and uh, she was freaking all-star. And one of the hangups was that there was a benefit that she had with her current employer that she really didn't want to give up and we didn't have it. So I was trying to negotiate it with my CEO and he's like, dude, no, I can't. And I'm like, why can't you? I was like, we can do whatever we want. He's like, no, we really can't. And I'm like, well, explain it. Cause I'm having a hard time understanding. I got this girl locked up. She's ready to come. And all we have to do is offer her this. And he said, well, uh, unfortunately, you know, the situation is uh, it, if we offer benefits, they have to be the same across the board. Otherwise, if this person is of a different color of someone else who doesn't get it uh, and we get into like some type of lawsuit, um, like exclusion, 
then then it's going to just not look good and probably uh, hurt us. And so I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, so I understand the liabilities of that, but I feel like we still have to figure out like how do we uh, make employment more individualized rather than just across the board because not everybody's motivated the same. You know, I've talked on the podcast a couple of times about how I'll do um, multiple comp plans for the same position. And I, I literally lay them out to people and I'm like, which one do you want? Or I'll find out how, how they're motivated and I'll, I'll build something according to that. And I know Tisha hates me for it, like genuinely hates me because yeah, she has been so much time like building out the compensation, like, you know, the commissions, but they're motivated. You know, I'd rather have a motivated employee who's driving revenue than a demotivated fixed ops person. Yeah. Um, no offense to, to Tisha, but I mean, that's just the truth. Um, and I love Tisha and I don't want to make her job any more difficult, but at the same time, I, I want each one of my employees to be motivated in their own way. I mean, that's, the way that's you structure be... it. Oh, go ahead, Roman. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say not only the way that you structure it and the, the another benefit of doing that, Ryan, is that not only are you finding out what motivates them, but you're also letting them know as an employer that what they want is important to you um, on an individual level, which I think is uh, something that I find personally that really is meaningful um, in an employer. So. Thank you. You're welcome. Roman, what do you have? <laughs> I was just going to say that, that, you know, there's additional costs associated, but there is with, I mean, if you have to go out and hire employees because you have high turnover because they're not happy, there's also costs associated with that. It's just right. your costs are at different places in the, in the company. So you might have to uh, hire a pencil pusher to help Tisha out with her tasks. Yeah. Hire a Tamara. Yeah. I mean, I told Josh yesterday, I said, look, dude, uh, uh, I might hire you an assistant. And he's like, you could tell. He was like, ah. I'm like, bro, this is good. This is going to be good. I was like, what if she's like Tamara? And he's like, oh, that would be nice. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I said, well, if she was like Tamara and she did a good job and you know whatever. And he's like, yeah, but that would be really difficult. And I said, well, part of the problem is you because you struggle to delegate and let people take care of stuff for you. So I said, I'm going to force you into it by hiring an assistant to free you up from all the junk work so you can run my company. And he's like, I understand. And I'm like, okay, good. Like, when you put it like that, board. I can't say no. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's one of those oh. things where it's like, you know, hey, I'm trying to free me up. So I got to free you up so you can free me up. So I'm going to hire you an assistant to free you up, to free me up. Does that make sense? It's a snowball effect, right? Yeah. You want to get the momentum going the right way. Right. Yep. And I don't want my leadership team just bogged down with a bunch of tasks either. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I think there's something to say about creative time. I love just blocking a day off and being creative. Although like yesterday I blocked off and then I had a huge opportunity to potentially win a deal that I'm trying to close now. Um, I follow a crypto YouTuber um, and he grew up right down the street. We got a lot of common friends. Um, and he, I was watching one of his YouTube videos. Uh, was it yesterday or day before, day before or whatever. And the guy's doing a tour of their new building. He's talking about how he just got a quote on these doors. And uh, I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> and so it was a lot of doors and it was a big job. So I reached out to him. We went out there yesterday, but I had all day blocked off. But it was three hours round trip. And then, you know, Josh and I started hanging out and went to lunch and whatever. So that whole day was shot. But you know, I'm going to put money on the books, which is good. But you get like, as a business owner, if you're not blocking time off or management team to dream, right. And cast vision, then I think you're, you're, you're eventually going to, that's where business owners, I think get frustrated. 
is when they're so caught up in paperwork, they can't cast vision, they can't dream, they can't plan for the future, and they're stuck in the now. And that trickles down to employees uh, being satisfied or not. For sure. That, you know, that's why, that's why you do so well with ideas when you're in the bathroom because your mind exactly. is automatically unplugs from your desk. It's like, you can't be at your desk in your mind. And I'm getting a release. <laughs> Ryan. What? Listen, we're talking to a bunch of blue collar garage door guys. <laughs> if they can't handle this, we're in trouble. Oh no. Just don't ever call me while you're in the bathroom. <laughs> Too late. No, I'm just I don't know if I have or not. Um, I'm really good at hiding it. Uh, so I don't know. The key is to just don't flush if that happens. I'm literally you know, recording this right sure now, now from the bathroom. <laughs> I'm in the bathroom. I put this up, this background, just to make it look like I'm still in the studio. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, listen, I, I think we have had a good conversation. Uh, but I want to shift just a little bit uh, before we wrap up here. Uh, Roman, you've been in like hundreds of dealers. Matter of fact, I think it's cool. I hear the same story all the time. It's kind of funny. I thought I was special, but I guess I'm not. Um, but, you know, I had, uh, we had Jay. What's Jay's last name? Holloway or from yeah, Jay Holloway. Yeah. yeah. This guy is probably one of the most friendly dudes you'll ever meet. Um, but he's got the same story that everyone has about Roman. You know, it's like uh, there's a job where no other opener will get the job done. And then so you buy a Somer and you try to put it in for the first time. And you don't know what you're doing. So Roman jumps in his car, drives over there, helps you put it in and you're like so thankful and grateful. And then Roman pops his trunk and he's like, Hey, I got 10 or 15 more. And you're like, you almost feel obligated. And you're like, sure, I'll take them. Uh, Then you start selling them and you start liking them. And then that's how he gets, that's the hook, dude. That's like Roman has the best pitch of anybody. It gets him out of the office. He comes there, helps you install it, builds good faith and then opens the trunk. And he's like, here, look, you can do this whenever you want now. Um, So uh, Jay was telling us this story about how you, you bailed him out on this job and he was super helpful, like just so grateful and uh, loves your product. But I hear that story quite a bit. Like you jump in a truck and drive, but you've been around a bunch of different places. Are there anything that you see uh, are there any things that you see that are common with companies who have great company culture versus the ones that have bad company culture? Boy, I don't know. Um, all the ones that I've been to, I, so I've been to some places that did not have great company culture that were pretty well organized. But every place I've been to that has good company culture is clean and organized and like I could go in there, I feel like and learn their systems in a day. Obviously not in a day, but yeah, but like um, they could be taught in a day because they have them all documented and yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, th- there are there are a few places that I've been to. I mean I, I walked into this one office where um, nobody was there except the receptionist. And I was like, well, I've talked to the owner of your company online, you know, we've connected, but I'm just going to drop off an operator. You guys can try it. If you like it, fine. If not, and then started asking just a few questions and she just like took off talking about how much she enjoys working there. And she's a receptionist at the front desk. You know, I'm sure she's not the highest level. I'm sure she's not, you know, been there for years and years, but I was like, that just really speaks to, to, to the values that the owner of the company has. It's not a huge company. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Of course, passed it along to him once, once I talked to him too. Um, and then there's I another feel like, one. I mean, listen, so I'm all about leaving names out, but this is a good story. Should we give him a shout out on the show? We for can. being a good leader? We can. It was, uh, it? it was, um, oh boy, garage door guy, Derek Lyons. Oh yeah. Yeah, we Derek. love him. <laughs> He's coming on the show. He's the best. I love him. Yeah. yeah, And, and, uh, you know, I I know he's going through some tough stuff now. He posts occasionally on Facebook. But 
Um, so maybe a well-timed shout out to, to, to let him know that um, there are other people who recognize that um, he's got employees who really love working for him. And that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If your employees love working for you, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, even, even like, I don't know, it just goes a long way. I think as owners too, you have to be careful not to get too caught up in that because um, you can't get taken advantage of too trying too hard like you can't try too hard you just have to be a good employer or not yeah and the thing is the goal is not to make your employees happy at all costs correct because otherwise you're going to run the company into the ground correct it has to be balanced out you know there's so many things I tried that by the way (laughs) there's so many things that we look at and it's like well it's either this or that um but most things in life are not that black and white there's lots of room for transition and there's a lot of truth in that whatever works to make you to give your company a healthy culture is not necessarily what's going to work to make my company a healthy culture because there are too many things that intersect differently because of different personalities different people different sizes of the company and all of that you've got to figure out what the underlying values are and figure out how to apply them to your uh, to your application there's another yeah. one I went to, and, and uh, I'll give him a shout out too. So, like when I went to Derek's place, uh, it was a you know, it was in a small older building. I think they've since remodeled, uh, but even then, I peeked into the warehouse, and you know, it didn't look like something that was just like, well, this is an old building. We don't care how it looks. You know, you could tell that the company was cared about, not just by the owner, but also by its employees. And there's another one I went to, um, um, where place is just immaculate it's really clean um people at the front desk were friendly because i got there before the owner did um and then he showed me around the warehouse and the warehouse guy who was sweeping floors you know like supposed to be the most hated job right he was just super friendly and like happy to work there and like responsive when we came by and the owner talked to him a little bit and he said hi to me and he's like super happy to see me and and I was like, man, this is this is really good because when people who should be begrudging their jobs, as we think of it, are happy to work there, like like that's just just shows how good the company culture is, at least in my mind, or how good they are to work for. Do you remember who that was? That was uh, on track, Wade Helm. Okay, yeah. nice. So. Um... There are good places out there and it sounds like, you know, I mean, I, I do agree. I think if everybody's bought in and things are organized, which starts with the leader and trickles down, um, then things, I think the culture is better. Uh, when it's chaotic and people don't have job descriptions and know their focus or have goals, um, they're just coming to work every day, then I think it's bad. You know, one thing I've learned is, is like, uh, employees love accountability. They love structure. If you can provide structure and accountability, most people thrive in that. Um, and, and, and that is also how you can measure success, right? Uh, setting goals and accountability. And if they fail month over month, uh, the first very first thing that you have to do is point the finger at yourself and figure out what, what are you doing or not doing uh, to help this person be successful. And then if you, if you evaluate that and you figure out that there's nothing else that you can do or that you've tried everything, or, or maybe it's an effort thing, uh, then you know you can take the next step. Maybe you got the right person in the wrong place, right? And that's the next thing I look at. And then once I figure out if it's maybe a work ethic issue or an attitude or whatever, uh, at that point, we let them go. Uh, but, but you go through a, a process first. And, uh, and you try, it's like, um, you know, you'll commonly hear people who get served with divorce papers. They're like, I'm not giving up. I don't, I don't want this to end without me trying. Right. Um, and that's kind of how I am with employees. If we have an employee come in, um, and then they're failing within a f- couple first months, that's either poor evaluation on my part, poor expectation setting on my part, poor training and processes on my part. And then once we've established all of that, um, you know, or if I'm right or wrong in those areas, 
then I go on to the next step. And, and then, you know, if it doesn't work out, we let them go. But not everybody's a good fit for every company and not everybody's a good fit for every position. But you may be able to put somebody that's in a current position that enjoys working for you into another role. Um, like, I think we're about to launch our third location here. Well, I got a guy in a truck who does a decent job, but loves working here and has expressed desire to go launch a location for us. And so uh, we're going to put him in this location. It sucks taking a guy out of a truck, but this isn't his thing. He doesn't enjoy it as much. So I think he'll enjoy this much better and, uh, and, and we get a win, right? And so at that point, now we have to just fill the truck and we move on. So in the grand scheme of things, I think uh, company culture starts with leadership. Um, organizations definitely play a role. Um, like Roman said, I mean, he walks in and sees the commitment to excellence, as I would like to say it, um, with everything being organized and clean. And so, uh, Tamara, would you like to add anything before we wrap up uh, on company culture and employees? You always have some good feedback. You don't say anything about me. You can just give generals so it doesn't look like you're trying to kiss ass. <laughs> I realized that like what I said before, like I need to. Yeah, you did have a little brown <laughs> stuff on your nose, but it fell off. <laughs> no, I, I mean, from an employee perspective, it's, it's just having, I know that we talk a lot about, especially in GDU about hiring on, um, on hiring people that are good fit uh, versus on people that are necessarily experienced. And I think that that's part of the reason why I personally really enjoy my job is because we we mesh as a team really well together and like you know like Roman was saying the communication I love being able to just and it's not something that has to take away time from your actual job but just sending a little note or reading a little note at the beginning of the day that's encouraging or, or things like that it's just so positive and um I, I think that I don't know that's that's one of the things that I most enjoy for sure good what do you enjoy, Roman, as an employee? What's the what's like the the big thing that you enjoy most about working at Summer? Uh, that's kind of hard to encapsulate. I think because, partly because there's it so is many hard, things. right? There's like yeah. there's, there's so many things. Like one of the things that I really like about my company is just how, and maybe it's a German thing, but I think it's partly the company culture too. Like. There's just there's just no BS here. It, like it is what it is, and and uh, all the way from our CEO to our engineering team, to you know down to the factory level, it it whatever ever is it's like there's a culture of owning up. You know if something happens, yeah, that was that that's what happened. We don't pretend it doesn't happen. We try to find a way to remedy it, put a process in place to make make it harder to happen in the future, and move on. And there's like I think from where I came from, often when I started working for summer, I would take, you know, when somebody pointed out something I did wrong, it's like you kind of take that as a personal, you know, attack or something. It's like yeah. assigning blame, but it's not. It's about fixing the problem. And and it's like it took me a while to kind of realize that that, that was the attack when things were brought up, not assigning blame, because I was used to, you know, a culture of assigning blame. So um that's really important and the mentality of of we're all in this together let's find a solution put it in place and fix it like because every solution makes us a better company makes our product a better product um and and i really really enjoy that i enjoy the latitude i get also and and i know this is different maybe with different roles um germans are pretty laid back about work and so it's like you know they have 28 days of paid holiday in Germany, like paid national holiday. We have seven. So um, <laughs> they, they also do very much like a work-life balance, but I'm taking a two and a half week road trip to LA starting next week after next, December 3rd. Congratulations. With a, with a three week old baby. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know if I'm You're crazy. brave, dude. But, you know, I could, I could take those whole two and a half weeks of vacation Take NyQuil and some bourbon with you. Well, 
you, what you do is you stick your finger in the NyQuil and then stick it in the baby's mouth. And you do that three times. And then you take a shot of bourbon and then you're good. Yeah, I don't know. If my wife catches me doing that, I'm probably going to be walking. Don't do that, Roman. <laughs> do not listen to Ryan. He's and not no going to hurt the baby. It's such a small amount. So she's already traveled. She's like, she already rides really well. So I, I don't think it'll be. Plus, we, we could have done it in a week and a half, but we figured the Are you at least getting like an RV or are you taking a car? Taking a minivan. Dude, get an RV. It's enough bro. space. Expense to, it. Yeah. Well, it's enough space. So just send the bill to Stefan. Speaking of expensing it, so I'm like, I don't really want, like, I'm not going to be happy if I completely unplug for two and a half weeks. Like, that's just not in my psyche. I need to, I enjoy my work so much that I need to not be disconnected from it for too long. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to take a week of vacation. Um, but what I'm doing is I'm answering the phone when people call and I'm answering emails, but I'm not working on any projects. If I meet somebody along the way who needs training, I'll do it. You know, uh, if, if the timing works and then take an hour out or two hours out, I'll do that. Um, but I'm not working on projects. They're like, yeah, that's fine. Let's do it that way. Because they recognize that, you know, I need to be plugged in. Like a lot of my German colleagues could, could never do that. It's like when I'm gone, don't text me, don't call me, don't, <laughs> don't message me. Like, it's like the world's on fire and that's the only person with the key to the freaking fire hydrant. And they don't, they're like, sorry, not a dude. chance. Yeah. Not yeah a chance. Too bad. Let it burn. We'll rebuild it when I get back. But I really value that the company has that kind of flexibility with yeah. its employees. That is cool. How is Stefan these days? He's doing good. Um, I just talked to him. We have, we have uh, monthly meetings with engineering uh, about product development and stuff. And uh, we had a meeting Wednesday, I think. Uh, doing good. He's. We acquired a company last year, Steven Baja. I don't remember which month we acquired it, and he's like become the managing director of that. So, what kind of business is it? Um. So, it does. Um, shoot. We acquired okay. another one called Metaku a couple of years ago, and I well, can't. You remember guys are so big, and acquiring so many companies is hard to keep up. Yeah. So both it. of them, both of them are related to the uh, products we buy at Grokey, which is premium aluminum entry doors. Um, so they do like metal work and glass. By the way, let me just interrupt you, dude. The people listening to this podcast, if you guys are in entry doors, check out Grokey uh, because their doors are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, do do you want to share a little bit about Grokey? Sure, it's a 130 year old company that we acquired. I think around 2005, 2008, in there somewhere. Um, our doors are built a little bit on bank vault door principles. That's what I always say, just because it when you close them behind you, you actually get that feel. So, like we use a minimum of five point locking system. Our slabs are three inches thick. Everything is aluminum or stainless steel. We have a one inch wide um, thermal break in both the frame and the slab. Uh, if you have glass, it's triple pane laminated tempered. Our seals are triple seals with welded corners. So like you have three spots between the door and the frame that are sealing. Um, so just basically unlike anything else on the market. They're beautiful too. They have a lot of modern doors. Um, and it sounds like they're built very similar to the Somer openers. Um, strong, well-engineered, long-lasting, low-maintenance. So good deal. Hey, uh, thanks for coming on the show, Roman. And uh, we appreciate all your input. I felt like this was a great conversation. Maybe I'll talk too much. Probably should have had you talk more. But I'm really passionate about this subject, dude. This is like my favorite thing to talk about. That's Company good. culture, employee satisfaction, all that stuff. Um, so thanks for coming on the show. Is there anything you want to add before we jump off? Nope. Thanks for having me. Listen, if you guys haven't tried Somer yet, definitely do so. Uh, reach out to Roman. Roman, how can they best get in touch with you? Uh, I, I'm just going to, uh, cell phone email. Wow. I'll give, so I'll give them both. Yes. Uh, my phone number is 704-589-8287. So many people have it. There's no way they're not passing it along anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and my true. email Email is actually reliable, especially if you want to get in touch with me, but don't need an answer right now. R.Troyer, T-R-O-Y-E-R, at summer-usa.com. 
r.troyer at somer-usa.com. Thanks for coming on and sharing some expertise and and contributing to the conversation because I think it was a good show. Um, And then for those of you guys out there who are interested in uh, increasing your company culture, stick with us. Season six is going to be all about employees, company culture, recruiting, all of that. So uh, make sure you tune in, subscribe to the podcast and like our Facebook page. Thank you very much for joining us and have a safe week.